welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LIDAR. I'm Miranda Welke, Marketing Events Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LIDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. In today's RightCast episode, we are joined by Michael Sitar as he sits down to discuss LiDAR bathymetry. Well, what is that exactly? Think of it as more of a welcome to bathymetric LiDAR 101. I hope you enjoy. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to RyeCast, Regal's podcast platform for geospatial topics and technologies. The topic we'll be exploring today will be LiDAR bathymetry. Specifically, what is it and why is it important? We will discuss briefly the core enabling technologies, as well as some advantages and limitations to collecting LiDAR data. Finally, what government programs within the United States actively use or fund bathymetric data collection? So what is bathymetry? Well, bathymetry is a component of the science of hydrography, which measures the features of a water body, including not only the physical and chemical properties of the water itself, but also shoreline features, tidal influences, current directions, wave action, and more. Bathymetry specifically is the measurement of depth of water. In the past, this was commonly associated with ocean depths relative to mean sea level. Today, that definition has broadened to include any submarine environment, whether it be inland water bodies, rivers, streams, tributaries, and the like. Bathymetry is important for many reasons. By mapping the water surface and submarine topology, we are able to obtain a depth measurement. When collected with high spatial density, we can extract a detailed morphological model of the water body, providing a more precise estimation of the total volume. Whether it be for floodwater mitigation strategies, or irrigation practices, or navigation channel safety, accurate bathymetric data is an important input to improved water studies. Consider a traditional stream gauge installation that measures water surface height changes at regular time intervals. Combined with water velocity measures, stream discharge or water flow is an important measurement to successful downstream water management initiatives. Discharge is usually expressed as a volume of water moving downstream per unit of time where discharge is equal to the cross-sectional area of the river multiplied by the velocity of the water itself. Cross-sectional area is, of course, calculated by depth times width as subsections within a stream profile. With the input of high-resolution bathymetric data, a more accurate estimate of cross-section area can be realized at any point along the water body. With much of the world's population proximal to coastal areas, Small changes in sea surface elevation can have a significant impact on local populations and infrastructure. Bathymetric mapping conducted at regular intervals also allows us to map and observe these changes in coastal morphology and nearshore benthic ecosystems. 
In recent times, the threat of rising sea temperatures and predicted sea level rise attributed to global climate change have placed significant pressures on coastal zone morphology. More frequent and severe weather events have meant that changes in the nearshore environment are happening at greater frequency and impact. To map the existing nearshore changes over time, multi-beam or side-scan sonar are often deployed on watercraft. However, these sensors are restricted to deeper waters. For seamless mapping of the land-water interface, the use of airborne LiDAR bathymetry sensors have become an industry standard. They are unparalleled for their cost-effective area coverage rates. Let's have a discussion about the technology itself. The core components of a kinematic bathymetric LiDAR sensor deployed from manned or unmanned platforms include the following components. The first is a laser source with infrared and or green wavelength performance. Unlike airborne LiDAR sensors that utilize active imaging technologies with near-infrared wavelengths to map above-surface features, bathymetric LiDAR sensors require the use of visible wavelengths to penetrate the water column. In many cases, this may be a 1064 nanometer laser source that has been frequency doubled to obtain 532 nanometers, or green energy, for water penetration success. The laser emits a pulse to the ground, which is timed by an internal clock. By knowing the speed of light, 300 million meters per second, and dividing by two for the time for the pulse reflection to return from the target back to the detector, we can determine a range to ground. Precise timing electronics ensure that the range calculation is accurate. A third component is a GPS GNSS receiver, which is required for absolute spatial positioning of the sensor on the Earth's surface. These are typically high-accuracy L1, L2 receivers capable of receiving signals from most satellite positioning constellations, including GPS, GLONASS, Galileo, and Beidou. An IMU or inertial measurement unit is included that measures platform orientation variation during flight relative to the Earth's center. When combined with the GNSS position information and input to a common filter, a predictive trajectory is created that plots sensor dynamics and velocities during collection. The fifth component is a scanning mechanism to which the laser beam pulses are directed towards the ground. And when combined with the forward movement of the aircraft, a laser point coverage pattern is realized. To prevent specular reflection and improve water surface penetration success, most often the beam is angled off nadir. These core components provide the raw range, angle, time, position, and orientation information to compute an accurate point on ground. Millions of these points form a 3D point cloud from which topographical map products can be derived. As discussed earlier, a key advantage of airborne bathymetry is that it can be used to produce a seamless topographical model from the onshore through to the nearshore and offshore environments. LiDAR bathymetry can provide safe and direct access of the nearshore environment where more traditional technologies, such as multi-beam and side-scan sonar, may not, and at speeds of collection with acceptable resolution not possible from shipboard measurement systems. But what about limitations? Well, of course there are limitations. While bathymetric LiDAR is a very effective and productive remote sensing tool, unlike topographical LiDAR sensors, it is far more difficult to guarantee bottom detection success. There are more variables that must be considered, and therefore the general success of fully delivering on the requirements of bathymetric mission can be impacted. In some instances, the ancillary use of multi-beam sonar may be required to enable wholly complete data sets in areas where LiDAR depth penetration and bottom detection is limited. Well, what are the variables that can affect laser penetration through the water column? 
Well, the first is water quality, which refers to the chemical, physical, biological, and radiological characteristics of water. For bathymetric purposes, the aspects of water quality we are most interested in have to do with water clarity or transparency. Turbidity is the cloudiness or haziness of a fluid caused by large numbers of individual particles that are generally invisible to the naked eye. The measurement of turbidity is a key test of water quality. And this can vary from a river full of mud and silt, where it'd be impossible to see through the water, in this case a high turbid environment, to a spring which appears to be completely clear or with low turbidity. And turbidity can be caused by silt, sand, mud, bacteria, and other germs, chemical precipitates, and others. It can be measured by electrical conductance. The more solids in the water, the higher the conductivity value measured in microsiemens per centimeter. This is an important measurement tool for turbidity, but it is only a local measure at the probe surface. For evaluating the depth penetration capability of LIDAR, the turbidity within the entire water column must be considered. And for this, a useful instrument is the Secchi disk. It is a black and yellow circular disk about 12 inches in diameter or 30 centimeters and is used to measure water transparency or turbidity within the water column. The disc is typically mounted on a pole or line and lowered slowly down into the water. The depth at which the disc is no longer visible is taken as a measure of the turbidity of the water. This measure is known as the Secchi depth and is related to water turbidity. The disc has also been used in a modified or smaller format, 20 centimeters or 8 inches in diameter, and black and white in design to measure freshwater transparency. Secchi depth measurements help provide some insight into local water turbidity conditions, and these in turn can have an impact on LiDAR energy propagation and resultant penetration success. Another parameter to quantify water transparency is spectral diffuse attenuation, expressed as a coefficient of KD, which is estimated by measuring the decrease of downwelling irradiance with depth for a specific wavelength. A large attenuation coefficient means that the beam is quickly attenuated or weakened as it passes through the water column, and a small attenuation coefficient means the water is relatively transparent to the beam. For the purpose of planning bathy surveys, KD maps can be good reference tools for estimating relative collection success. A good place to obtain this kind of information is from the Moderate Resolution Imaging Spectral Radiometer, or MODIS sensor, on board NASA's AquaSatellite. Another important variable is submarine bottom reflectance. An organic substrate can heavily absorb the green energy of the emitted laser pulse, reducing the return signal strength to be adequately detected by the sensor detection and recording system. For these types of environments, it may require far more conservative sensor and platform parameters to maximize detection success. Specular and diffuse reflection can also have an impact on penetration success. Specular reflection on smooth water surfaces can be largely solved with the selection of the appropriate scan pattern. Most common is a fixed off-nadar scan geometry such as that found using a Palmer scanner that yields a fixed emission angle of 20 degrees from nadar. Combined with the forward movement of the aircraft, this enables a 40-degree FOV over ground following full rotation of the scanner. And finally, diffuse reflection, however, is less controllable and is often a result of wave action negatively impacting with laser beam entry at the water surface, this can have an impact on the ability to detect the bottom surface. Of course, all these types of considerations are heavily variable. Geological and organic composition, local weather events, water traffic, tide levels, can all impact negatively on opportune times for collection and resultant detection success. Regardless, the value that inland bathymetric measurement provides is rapidly being realized. 
Here in the United States, we anticipate that many future 3D topo or bathy mapping projects are likely to be bundled and contracted to geospatial professionals through the U.S. Geological Survey's Geospatial Product and Services Contracts Program. GPSC is a suite of contracts used by federal, state, and municipal government entities to partner with the USGS. Typical future contracts are likely to continue to be broad in scope. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers also has responsibilities for bathymetric information collection in many of the waterways in the U.S. The rivers and streams that feed into the major river systems all contribute to downstream volumetrics and are important components to the hydrologic model associated with overland flows and flood risk assessments. There are additional opportunities, such as with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Coastal Zone Management Program. This program awards upwards of $100 million annually to states, universities, and other local entities to support coastal zone management. NOAA is also responsible for the coral reef conservation effort on behalf of the United States, as well as the National Estuarine Research Reserves. The National Estuarine Research Reserve System is a network of 29 estuarine areas, places where freshwater from the land mixes with saltwater from the sea, established across the nation for long-term research, education, and coastal stewardship. The reserves are a partnership between NOAA and the coastal states and territories. NOAA's Office for Coastal Zone Management is responsible for administering the reserve system. Each reserve is managed on a day-to-day basis by a lead state agency or university with input from local partners. The mission of the reserves is to practice and promote coastal and estuarine stewardship through innovation, research, and education using a system of protected areas. The Association of State Floodplain Managers is another organization that focuses on water processes and impacts of the hydrologic cycle on human activities. ASFPM's purpose is to promote education, policies, and activities that mitigate current and future losses, costs, and human suffering caused by flooding and to protect the natural and beneficial functions of floodplains, all without causing adverse impacts. Finally, each state in the U.S. has water management districts. These districts are responsible for water supply, water quality, flood protection, floodplain management, and the natural systems that provide water. All these programs benefit from the input of precise and accurate 3D topological information, both on terrestrial and submarine surfaces for maximum forecast accuracy resulting in more effective mitigation strategies. The bathymetric LIDAR systems produced by Rego enable the detailed 3D collection and analysis of limnologic and oceanic regions with an efficiency not possible using shipborne or watercraft platforms. Remote sensing from airborne platforms in the more hazardous nearshore environment is now common practice. The world of bathymetric surveying is clearly expanding. In an upcoming RICAST episode, I will be talking to Dr. Martin Finningbauer, Director of Research at Regal. Tune in as we discuss Regal's latest technology innovations in the bathymetric space and new advances in bathymetric processing. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening in. Thank you, Michael, for giving us a beginner's guide into LIDAR bathymetry. It's certainly an interesting topic, and I hope our listeners learn something fun and new today. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our RICAST anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions. So please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. 
And as always, have an ultimate LIDAR day. Until next time, Miranda signing off. 